Hi, I am Brent Feldman, and we are back with another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Today, I am joined by Mark Cantor of Cantor Injury Law, and we're looking forward to jumping into some questions. So, hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brent. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to be here. Definitely. Thank, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Um, I, I know we can probably jump right in really quickly, so um, I'll probably I'll start right off the bat. First one about... Um, how did you kind of make your way into the legal profession and uh, and what are the elements that sort of keep it interesting from day to day? So, you know, when I was growing up, my father, uh, Harvey Cantor, is a local pediatric neurologist, a brain doctor for children. And so we would go on like family trips and on the family trip, he would take care of patients. Um, so every year we would go and that was like just part of uh, are the culture of our family helping sick and disabled people. I wasn't smart enough to be a doctor. You know, I'm a biologist and, and my math skills are not that great, but my, my uh, verbal skills were always very, very strong. And, um, you know, I think I have a great courtroom presence. I think uh, most people on our side and on the opposing side would agree. So when I wasn't going to be a doctor, I decided that I could help people uh, to what my father did by becoming a lawyer. And actually when I started, um, I, I started for another firm and then when I was 20 years old, I opened my firm, the Cantor Law Firm at the time, uh, in my father's pediatric neurology medical office. Um, and so I really enjoy helping people and that keeps it exciting for me. And obviously we've grown it to the point that we are you know, well known and we're a leader in the field in Missouri. So that's, you know, that's the answer. That's cool. Um, so you've been growing your practice for many years now, and uh, and definitely you've seen, you know, the firm change as well as sort of the marketing for it. What are what are some of those things that you've kind of had in, in your purview as, as you've gone through the years, you know, and how it's changed to market yourself as uh, a lawyer, an individual, and, and your practice? A great question. You know, in the early days, uh, from 93 to 98, I was the Cantor Law Firm. And I started with simple word of mouth advertising. My father sent a letter to his patients, friends and family referred people to me. Um, and I, I didn't really do any marketing. Uh, and that continued from 98 to about 2015. I didn't do any marketing at all for the most part. I mean, we had a TV ad or two, but they weren't successful because I had an associate at the time and it, it just, we didn't, didn't advertise a lot. When my, when I changed the name to Cantor Injury Law, I started a large ad and that worked. I mean, I grew tremendously uh, to seven lawyers and a lot of paralegals and, you know, we're service oriented business. So it's still mostly word of mouth, but I consider television and billboards and things like what Matchbox does for me on um google search engine optimization i call that the stereo effect so people know who you are from your reputation for winning you know we we've and we've had a lot of slogans you know justice for the injured and their families is like my go-to but modern aggressive and winning and now we've changed it to get the big bucks with cantor injury law because we have a retreat center called Canterland, and we can talk about that later, but it's true to us, it's true to Missouri, it's true to me, because I love to hunt. Um, and so 
there's a lot of plays on that. You know, don't take the little dough from the insurance company, get the big bucks. And then uh, others that are more funny that my family doesn't want me to use, like I'll kill for the win. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, but it is funny. Uh, so yeah, get the big bucks with cancer injury laws, kind of where we're. That's cool. Uh, I am. I, I appreciate any and all puns. So uh, yeah, that that definitely works on me. Uh, and it's cool that you know you're kind of vouching for the uh, what you mentioned was like the stereo effect. Uh, you know, it, it's like a common trope of marketing that like you know you got to hit multiple touch points. People aren't going to remember you know just one place that they see you, and if you aren't in multiple places. Uh, you know, you might not get that call. So actually, I, I, you know, completely agree with that sentiment. And it's, uh, and it, it's serious. It's, it's definitely real. We've seen it play out over time. Um, so uh, I guess the other thing too is, um, uh, I, I wanted to touch on the fact that, like, you know, initially you kind of got some marketing by um, starting with, uh, you know, your father and him helping out a little bit. And and actually, there's a little bit of commonality in our story. My dad was a, a um, I basically a business folks suit maker custom tailor in the st louis area and uh and actually his client base he was the one who would refer some like you know business to us people that we should reach out to and get in touch and that really wound up in our first client so like in much the same way uh you know that that was extremely helpful to kind of get our business off the ground i didn't know that i've ordered suits from bespoke apparel oh oh actually so uh the name of his organization his company is uh, made to measure uh and anyway, and so, but uh, yeah, Mark Feldman, uh, he's been actually doing it for a long time, but yeah, it's uh, it's really, it's it's cool. And it's cool to actually, um, and I don't know if you got the same experience, but when people would know your your father and they got interactions with, with you, uh, that they're like, oh my gosh, I know your dad, and then would tell you stories about your dad. <laughs> and, and there's nothing better than a custom-made suit. You know, now when you buy a suit off the rack, it's more expensive than the custom-made suit, and it's not nearly the quality. Yeah. So for watching, if you're a professional, I'm a strong advocate of uh, custom-made, custom-tailored shirts, suits, the whole bit. In fact, my suits have a holster uh, in the in the coat to support. You know, if you want to carry. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's cool. And that's the kind of stuff you can do with custom suit that you just can't do otherwise. Uh, I, I'm glad he he would be he would be really excited about the endorsement of custom stuff because yeah, you would never find the same quality off the rack, that's for sure. Um, well, I'm I'm sure you frequently receive some uh pretty harrowing stories, you know, being an injury lawyer, um, from you know, the potential clients or actual clients that you have. Um, but you have to vet them at the same time for being something worth the time to get involved, uh, with, you know, for all parties, um, because certainly, uh, you don't charge, uh, you know, the, the fee for your services until actually, you know, you're, uh, until you win. And so obviously you have to make sure that these are, are things that you want to, to be a part of that you're confident you can win so that it, you know, plays out well. Um, how it sounds like that has to be a tough decision. Uh, how do you kind of go about making those kind of decisions? We screen very carefully. So a lot of times you could have a huge injury and no liability. I mean, sometimes bad things happen. Um, and that's obviously not a case that we'll handle because we're on a contingency fee. So, you know, you can see a devastating harm. Mm -hmm. I have a recovery and, and, and there's certain, you know, aspects um, where there's immunity. So like if the government does something wrong and it causes you harm, they're immune from liability. Um, 
a lot of people come to us with medical malpractice cases. We accept almost no medical malpractice cases because it's got to be a breach of the duty of care that caused damages. So for instance, you know, um, infections happen. We handle those cases occasionally, but most infections uh, are just that. It's an infection and you can't blame someone for it. Mm -hmm. So we analyze very carefully whether the case is real. If the case is real, we'll help. If it's not real, we don't want it. And and there's got to be a recovery because that's the way we get paid. So um, there's, there's some tragic cases out there where people are underpaid. Uh, and we handle those all the time um, because what we do. If you have an injury, we'll help you. And sometimes we cut our fee or waive our fee. And now Missouri has something called the Missouri Tort Victims Compensation Fund, where if you're underpaid, you can get up to $300,000 more. And a lot of out-of-state attorneys don't know anything about it. And they aren't handling it. Some of the big advertisers aren't handling Missouri Tort Victim Compensation cases. So I really think you need a local lawyer. But we only want the real cases. If the cases aren't real, we're not going to help. Um, Slip and falls, you know, lots of slip and falls. But in Missouri, it's got to be a dangerous hidden condition of property that caused you to fall. So if you just fall, there might not be any liability. You know, falls happen. So if you fall on something that you see, there's no liability. Like, oh, I saw it was upturned, but I still caught my toe on it and fell. And now I want to assume, well, you know, that's not for my law firm. Mm -hmm. You, it's, It wasn't a hidden condition. Um, so we're not going to help. Yeah. Fellow law firms that might handle that case, but you know, we're not going to manipulate the testimony. We're not going to change your story. If the case is real, we're going to help you. And if it's not real, we're out. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we, I, I got the largest verdict in Morgan County, which is near the Lake of the Ozarks, uh, for a person that fell at a gas station on, um, what on a wet floor. And the defense of that case was, they put a uh, a sign out. Well, this, the caution sign was always out. And in this case, it was folded up by the door. And my person went to the bathroom. And while they were in the bathroom, they mopped the entirety of this small street. So when she came out of the bathroom two minutes later, the condition of the floor had changed and she fell and broke her hip. And we got a huge verdict on a, on a no offer case. So that's the type of case that's real. Like you didn't know you walked in the bathroom, it was dry, you walk out, it's wet, you know. So we analyze those things very carefully. Definitely. And I mean, like, to a certain degree, you hope that leads to, you know, better protocol for those uh, businesses, those involved to to make sure that obviously they're doing their due diligence to, to warn people and keep them safe. Absolutely. And those cameras at gas stations and everywhere else, you know, I argue this to the jury and it's true. Those cameras aren't to protect you. It's to protect the store's money. Mm-hmm. So we had this person frantically mopping, you know, they, they were supposed to be off at 12 and it was 1210. Mm -hmm. So they really wanted to go. So they did a terrible job. They didn't put the sign out. They didn't, they didn't, you know, rinse the, the mop or dry it. And the video had it all. Yeah. Uh, except for the fall. Cause it was caught when, when the person fell, they were behind a thing, but you could see her start to fall. And uh -huh. so they had to move the safety mat to mop in that rapid manner. Uh, and the jury, you know, understood. Uh, and, you know, so those those cameras are there to protect the stores, mm -hmm. protect the public, but sometimes they help us. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I don't know how, how much you can talk about it, I, I, but I do remember about the story Brian was also telling me about, you know, how uh, I believe it was somebody who had an incident, maybe it was at a, a casino or something, and then they found the video, and then that was oh. a... Yeah, well, Brian, Brian is a great lawyer. Um, you know, most casino cases uh, are confidential. Mm -hmm. So I hate confidentiality provisions. Um, because the uh, confidentiality uh, protects the bad actor. But um, so I don't know which case that is that he was speaking of. And, mm -hmm. and generally, we've sued a lot of different places before, like casinos and things like that. Um, but I don't know of what you're talking about. And, and even if I did, I wouldn't address it. Understood. I won't say another thing then. <laughs> Listen, that's the problem with confidentiality, right? Trucking and, and uh, transport companies for hire, they always want confidentiality. So, you know, think of apps. They always want confidentiality. Um, they have huge insurance coverage. Um, and, and so they do something bad or the driver does something bad or the truck does something bad and they squeeze someone out and they cause, you know, we have a case that's not, Jerry Moore, um, he was injured and we got him $2.2 million uh, and from a big trucking company. Um, they, and trucks, by the way, have videos too. Mm -hmm. and black boxes and you want to get all that information. But that a lot of these trucking companies, they want to keep it quiet. They've paralyzed someone. And you know what? When you have a client that's presented with a lot of money, but they say, the, the defense say, we're going to give you all this money. You have to agree to never talk about it. It makes it tricky for us as lawyers, right? Because the client wants the money. Um, and so sometimes we have to, you know, hold our nose and agree to that confidentiality. Uh, in truth, uh, confidentiality, I think, harms the system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bad actors, you know, it keeps it hidden. Yeah. And I mean, like that may influence and, and you see why they're doing this, but it may influence people's decision to use that trucking company, for instance, you know, if they're like, oh, my gosh, they were involved in that and they tried to cover it up and they did X, you know. Yeah. And they, that that had a prior felon. And you know, we've had cases where truck drivers have caused huge injuries and death and they were on drugs and the company knew or should have known. Wow. And then resolve that and have confidentiality. And then, you know, you're left with the surviving kids and you, you know, so you hold your nose and you, you know, you take their millions of dollars and you can't tell who the company was, how much you got, the circumstances of it. And, and um, that makes it true. Uh, and, you know, as a lawyer, you want to shout from the rooftops, look what these people did. Mm -hmm. They did family. Look at this deserving person that's left without a father, you know, but you can't. And so that's um to me, I think that's very unfortunate. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, is there, you know, I'm sure, um, you know, it sounds like obviously you, you've gone through a lot of cases, definitely a lot of even potential cases. Um, there's a lot of other attorneys that are competing for this type of business. Um, I, I, and I certainly know this kind of personally, but, you know, hearing it from you, how do you differentiate? So, first of all, we're, you know, we're only looking for cases here missouri southern the entire state of missouri we've got offices throughout but we're not looking for cases in new york or california or florida you know lawyers that 
advertising that have the biggest advertisements and the biggest budget, it doesn't help a, a person in Missouri in the show me state if there's lawyers in California and New York. That doesn't help them. So that's like, you know, some of these slogans um, are, are really foolish. And it's surprising me that they're working in Missouri, the show me state, because what, what's important to our clients is the size of the check mm-hmm. at the end of the We differentiate ourselves by being local. We're modern, we're aggressive, we're winning. We really are on the same side of the table with our clients fighting against these big insurance companies. And we care. And that makes it, you know, I, I suspect that every lawyer says they care. But you've got to, the, the client needs to analyze. Do they really care? Or are they just saying that on TV? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, we don't want all these little cases. We don't want a bad case or a fraudulent case or an illegitimate case. We, we want the cases in Missouri. And most people know that and they send them to us. Because if you ask around, who's got the reputation? And that's why I went with uh, our latest slogan of, you know, can't turn your law, get you the big bucks. Because in the end, what our clients in Missouri and Southern Illinois want is a big check. They want the big bucks. And I think we're in the best position uh, for those clients at our firm because we care and we're there to help them. Now, there's a lot of other lawyers advertising. Some of them are fantastic. There are some great personal injury lawyers in Missouri. Some of them aren't, and some of them aren't even from Missouri. Some of them on TV have never tried a case in Missouri, ever, ever, and they see them constantly. So I think it's fair to say to the public that the choice of a lawyer is a very important decision, and it shouldn't be based just on advertisements. Don't base it solely on advertisements. You're going to get fooled because the advertisements are big, and they're slick, and they're in your face, and they get you nodding your head and agreeing, but you know you got to be you got to be buyer beware, right? Yeah. So, in our law, we're all from Missouri. We all live here. We all work here. And we have one or two gals from Southern Illinois, but you know, you know, we're all same locale. We're not in Florida or New York or California advertising here in Missouri, which is what some of these groups are doing. And more and more, when you watch TV, you see lawyers from you know. Uh, Kansas advertising here. Um, that's all fine and good if the case can be resolved. But if you have to start going to court, you think that the lawyer from Kansas is going to drive every time to St. Louis County, Louis City, or St. Genevieve, you know, or St. Charles? You think they're going to drive in and try that case for you? If they're in Florida, no, they might find a, a another associated lawyer, but then who did you hire? You, you hired the guy on TV. It, it can't earn you a lot when you hire the guy on TV. You're going to be sitting on the same side of the table with me. Probably not in my home where I am right now, <laughs> but I have. I mean, I've, you know, I, I love some of my clients. I mean, I've been friends with some of my people for 30 years now. My first clients, I still talk to them. You know, I got a buddy, Terry Evans. I met him when I was a 24 year old kid. I'm 54 now. He was my very first client. I'm still friends with him. He's in one of my ads. He's great. He's a Department of Corrections officer. Great, great guy. Um, now I've represented him. Legitimate cases only. I've family. Um, so that, that's I, the point. 
I think that's really cool that like, you know, almost like the sentiment is to like interview them like you would anybody for other, you know, home services. You, you know, you're not just going to talk to one contractor to do some work on your home. You're not going to just, you know, talk to, you know, one, uh, you know, sort of bank if you're going to, you know, look for an account. Like it, it's really if, if you're, uh, as you mentioned, it's a big decision uh, and, and you want to know and respect that person. Right. And it's not just, you know, when you get the lawyer, it's not just the lawyer you're hiring. When you hire the guy on TV that's in Florida, he doesn't have the same doctor connections. You know, I started, my father's a pediatric neurologist. When you get me, you get my friends and my family, my connections. You know, I've lived here my whole life. I'm friends with the best surgeons, doctors, accountants, lawyers. I know everybody because I've lived here and this is the way I live in. And so if, you know, I've, I've helped people and they, along the way, they, you know, have a family law dispute. And I say, well, I don't handle that, you know, but my wife, Amy Cantor does family law and she's brilliant or, or here these other people are, or I need a, I need a surgeon and they give you a list of surgeons. And I say, well, these three surgeons are good, but they exclusively for the insurance companies. So they're going to give you a defense opinion. They're going to say that you needed the surgery and they're going to do a good job on the surgery, but the cause of the need for that surgery is degeneration and spondylolisthesis, a narrowing of the canal. And you're going to say, well, listen, I'm a 35 year old. I didn't have any problems until I got hit by this truck. And then I needed the surgery. My surgeon's going to look at it and say, you know, the, the accident, airman, whatever, true, right? If you have a three-year history of back pain and then you get hit by a truck, it's different than if you have no history of back pain, get hit by a truck and they need a fusion. You want to make sure you have a doctor that's going to buy all that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, that That's cool. And and I mean, like, and, and actually, I think that brings up yet another point, which is like, yeah, the network matters. Uh, you know, it's not just about, you know, that person, like you're saying, it's about, you know, all, that per all those people you're connected to. But that's cool. And the, the, you don't want a paralegal that is in florida and you might get that if you're not careful so you know my paralegals have been with me for years and years and years i mean i have i have three paralegals for you know 10 years or more that's and that's of uh, continuity uh it's a good workplace it's a successful environment where people get paid uh, appropriately and according to their where people want to work and stay at work and we don't do anything remote at Cantor Energy Law. So I don't have paralegals that are living, living elsewhere in Missouri. They're, they're in the office. Um, I'm not in the office today because we're doing this <laughs> and I don't have, I have dogs at the office mm -hmm. that the required people, we have, we have, some days we have three dogs there. We normally have at least one. Mm -hmm kids and all that so that we're but my point is that that makes you local yeah because you are you know that's cool so that's really neat um well and i mean like speaking of those like you know things that are like you know really impactful for you um you know maybe not even necessarily just generally monetarily but like what are some of those like you know cases and wins um that have been the most impactful to you boy i've had i've had a lot of them but uh my favorite client of all time was a, a woman, may she rest in peace, named Joan Alter. And Joan uh, slipped at the uh, science center where she worked during a construction project and fell on a post that hid 
you were walking along and then she took a left turn and there was a post app she fell and she broke her shoulder and she had had multiple surgeries and she had a lot of other problems and the offer in that case was 500 hours uh and we got her about a million dollars i think it was just under a million dollars um but that case was impactful just because of wheat of a woman joan alter was she died of unrelated things unfortunately about a year ago but uh, uh, this woman would come by she'd send me a card every holiday uh she'd come and have coffee with my staff i mean this is i'm talking about years after the case was done um you know she uh she gave me a little sign about gratitude that still hangs in my office so it's a win 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 because i got to help a sweet lady that deserved it she deserved every single penny and i posted it people like years ago are like well what was the attorney's fee and this and that and this you know she had a comp case and she had a civil case and we only charged 25 percent in comp uh and then we you know we don't take a fee on the medical bills and stuff like that and um she's very happy 500 hour offer got a huge recovery but the, i mean the point is there's a lot of nastiness out there about lawyers this is a legitimate uh injury with a great recovery for a deserving woman and and that's you know worthy of talking about we've had other uh multi-million dollar recoveries that i can't talk about because of confidentiality uh we've had cases our website for millions of dollars we've had a lot of a, a lot of great wins uh i've got two partners brian weinbright uh who has uh he's got more intellect than anyone i know he's brilliant uh kevin glenn who was on the defense uh for 16 years before he came over to our side um we've got other associates like david poe these are quality quality good guys jason hackett jared stein brilliant lawyers uh that are doing good things for good people every day um so too many cases to tell you about mm -hmm. but um you know we've had uh some huge success in medical malpractice cases and some as co-counsel on other cases and um uh some you know workers compensation cases i had a, a client that um uh injured himself at um a stepbrothers bridge and iron a guy named dale weta and he's passed away too i represented him since the uh, late 90s and he uh had a uh he was working and and uh had a injury to his neck while he was welding he felt a pop and uh it was on a huge i-beam that had shifted and and uh he ended up having multiple surgeons the surgeon for the insurance company the work cop insurer said that he was diabetic and that's why uh his uh he needed the fusion and that's why it didn't fuse and i deposed this surgeon who was lying through his teeth for about an hour about the diabetes and he's like yeah client Alweda was not compliant with his medication. I talked to him about his diabetes and controlling his blood sugar. And all that was a lie because my client did not have diabetes. So the doctor got it wrong. The insurance company doctor said my guy had diabetes, like I didn't have diabetes. Uh, and then the, the uh, industrial commission found that doctor to be biased, uninformed, and not credible, which is a huge victory because it means that I took a bad actor out he can't he's he's a much less effective actor because now everyone 
on either side, if you're opposed to him, has a court ever found you or in the industrial commission ever found you to be biased, un uninformed, and not credible? And there's other doctors that have been found to be prevaricators, which is a fancy term for liars. So when I was growing up, all these experts were like my father. They were like honest and had integrity and they couldn't be bought and sold. Um, and unfortunately, I was wrong about that, naive, because some of these doctors were bought and paid for by the insurance companies. And so when you can take one of them out and help a client at the same time, like Dale Weida, that's a huge victory. And by the way, I tried that case uh, to the division workers' compensation four or five times and to the industrial commission and up to the court of appeals. And it all, we won it at every level. Wow. Uh, I don't handle that much work comp now. Um, I think that system is a, uh, the, uh, we do accept permanent and total or severe injury work comp. Work comp, no one's ever happy with work comp because it's conspiracy. It's, you know, the insurance company conspiring to not pay injured workers, and they've conspired with our government and large employers. It's disgusting. Um, so we'll still handle the work comp cases if they're severe. Um, but otherwise, you know, we, we don't, you know, we're not handling, you know, uh, toenail cases. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, got to hang Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know you do a lot of, you know, like car accident cases as well. I mean, like, you know, certainly it's, uh, uh, it, you know, happens quite frequently. We've heard about the rise in traffic accidents and stuff. And actually, it, I think I heard even just on this morning's drive on NPR that they were talking about how they're making uh, traffic law updates because of the uptick in, you know, um, either, you know, it, injury, death, maiming and stuff by, you know, just uh, whether it be bystanders, civilians, people that are actually in the automobile. So anyway, it, it sounds like there's, you know, things that are hopefully going to change in terms of like, you know, whether it be narrowing of lanes or like, you know, installing roundabouts and, and you know, regardless of your opinion on efficacy of those things, or are there any things that, you know, you think based on your experience or seeing things that you'd like to see change that you feel like would be helpful to keep more people safe on the roadways out there? Well, big question. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, you know, anytime you get behind the wheel of a car in Missouri or Illinois, you have the duty to use the highest degree of care, that degree of care that a very careful person uses under the same or similar circumstances. Uh, unfortunately, Missouri um, does not have good dram shop liability, meaning for bars that serve alcohol those are tough cases you got to knowingly serve a visibly intoxicated person for there to be dram shop liability in missouri i think that's a high standard i'd like to see that lowered i think that bars have obligations to not serve drunk people and they can keep you know even if the person isn't visibly intoxicated if if they've given that person eight tequilas in the last hour you know, maybe there should be some liability there. Take that person's car keys away, call them an Uber or a Lyft, and hopefully that, or a taxi, and hopefully that service will get them home alive. But, you know, I like the seatbelt laws. Uh, my uh, now 18-year-old son, Zachary, had a nice BMW because he's a spoiled rich kid. I spoiled and spoiled rotten. And he left in front of a moving vehicle, and thank God he had airbags. Um, his car was totaled and so was the car that was probably speeding a little bit still my kid's fault uh so thank god for safety devices 
So after that, it was a used BMW, by the way, but it was still a very nice car, too sporty for a 16-year-old. My wife uh, made me, uh, Amy, my wife made me and uh, my son buy a Subaru. Subaru is not like that manly of a car for a 16-year-old testosterone junkie, uh, but it's got every safety feature in the world. If you sit in the back seat of that Subaru and, and you don't have your seatbelt on, it's, it, the car like whines at you, like starts beeping at you. So annoying, smart. You want to get this this you want to get the best technology you can in a car. So um, you know the the uh, extra cameras and pre collision warnings and all those things are going to save lives. Um, and so. Uh, texting and driving so many people are distracted if it's not illegal in the state of missouri it should be illegal in your family if you're giving your car to a youngster tell them here's the rules and we use something called life 360 so i can see how fast they're going and where they're going it's a little bit big brother ish but these are children and we have an obligation to our children so i'm a big advocate of safety features i think that um i don't like making too many laws that these are, are a good approach to, to lawmaking. You know, I like to keep the government out, uh, which is different than a lot of trial lawyers that are different in you. But I think it's reasonable for a family to require that, and, and you probably ought to. And I also think it's reasonable for the law to be to be on your phone and drive. It's just too many act, too many deaths. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and it's, uh, and it's awful to see how common it is. You know, you look over at, you know, just about any other driver and they've got the phone up, you know, and like, you know, acting like they're looking around it and you're just like, all you got to do is put it down. All you got to do is drive. <laughs> right. Think about this in the eighties or nineties, when you saw someone putting on their makeup or eating a sandwich mm -hmm. in their car, you thought they were distracted. I, I remember my father being mad looking over at a woman putting on her makeup like pay attention and drive type thing that he said to us my dad would never yell at him but he made his point uh now you see people on the on now they're eating they're brushing their hair and they're looking at their phone and it's like there's no way they're driving that car they're not using the highest degree of care that's for sure so auto drive is a, i had tesla for a while great car great technology you know you get a little battery anxiety over it um but that type of technology, you know, I have a Ford Raptor now and it keeps you in your lanes. That type of thing makes a difference. Now, I try not to ever get distracted, but some no one's perfect and those things will save lives. So, yeah. you know, yeah, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a big deal. I know and driving in general, no matter what is it can be dangerous. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with the sentiment that like, yeah, the more safety features you can have and afford to have on your vehicle is like literally might as well opt for them. Um, so I guess on on that, um, you know, same note with more assistive technology for drivers. Um, do you have any idea of how this might affect your line of work? Um, certainly, you know, we've heard about the, you know, famous cases with, uh, you know, Tesla self-driving and, uh, you know, like somebody turns it on autopilot and doesn't have their hands on the wheel and it results in uh, injury and or death or something. And, uh, and and certainly with more assistive driving in general, whether it be keeping you in your lanes, the, um, you know, the super cruise feature, quote unquote, there's like so many different new, you know, sort of uh, automotive automaker maker specific 
driving features that help you uh, not have to do as much at, behind the wheel, but how's that going to affect you? Well, I hope that it reduces my amount of cases uh, and makes the community safer. Uh, you know, I've been blessed that uh, I've been very successful and made a lot of money in this business. Um, so having uh, fewer cases that are uh, better quality um, would be a great thing. So uh, I hope that it makes the community safer. It's surprising what keeps me in business isn't the accidents as much as it's the insurance companies. Mm. Yeah, already happened. So it would be great if we had perfect technology. It would also be great if the insurance companies paid what they owed when they owe it. But insurance companies are in the business of collecting premiums and not paying benefits. So they don't do that. The insurance companies are what keep trial lawyers uh, in business. If they did the thing, you you wouldn't need a lawyer. So when you know, so you asked me about what things should be legislated. Um, I really I've seen insurance companies make terribly wrong decisions, mean, cold, evil decisions, where they clearly owe. And that's when you get it. The way you win big, by the way is when the insurance company doesn't analyze the case properly. And they do that all the time. So the cases like the one I told you about, Joan Alter, that's a case of where they didn't analyze it properly. Now, at the end, they did because they resolved it uh, on the Verge trial. Um, but, you know, on the case of Dale Weedo, the one I told you about where the doctor got it all wrong, they, the insurance company was relying upon their doctor. No one ever looked at the records to see that my guy never had diabetes. So if the insurance company had that right, they could have come and they said they could have said, "Hey, we're going to offer you this and give you something to walk away from, or not." And and it's it's a challenge. Sometimes I tell my clients, you know, you've been offered this million dollars, but there's you know a million five. I think we should go for it. And they say, "Well, no, we want to be done. We don't want the stress of the litigation." And so if you lose, if the client wants if the client wants something done, the point is the companies are doing the wrong thing, mm -hmm. and if the right thing. It would greatly affect my business much more than these technology changes. I'd love to see uh, a safer community. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I feel like we have a whole another podcast we could probably do on uh, what we'd like to see done, whether it be from uh, medical or, uh, you know, um, auto insurance for that matter. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I can give you a brief example of something insurance companies, the legislature could require insurance companies to do. I'm a Second Amendment guy. Uh, most of America is. We got lots of guns. Okay, insurance companies in Missouri required to you're required to have an amount of insurance on your car. Why don't we require homeowners insurance to insure the home that has the gun in it so it misuse and harm someone that there's liability there? If they did that, all of a sudden every insurance company would require that if there's a gun in the home that there be a safe. I'm a Second Amendment guy, but I'm also a guy. Every gun should be in a safe every time. You know, that would avoid a lot of problems. So I, I can think of some things, although I don't want to be too intrusive, but I really dislike insurance companies already because I've seen them. So, like, if I can think of a way to legislate that's going to, you know, fix society and burden these insurance companies some, I'm all in. Yeah. And that's just one idea. I, I got a lot of them because I, sit around and think about these things but um 
No, yeah. that that means we got to have a second podcast or something coming up here. <laughs> take yeah. take a whole time to dig in on those. That's no, it's fascinating. Um, well, you know, just uh, a little bit ago, you had mentioned, uh, you know, that your wife Amy is actually a lawyer as well. Uh, and uh, so I I know this must be hard, but how do you avoid chatting about work, or do you just dive right in and always chat about oh, cases? Amy's heard my war story so many times. Um, we just, uh, we don't talk and sometimes we won't even watch legal shows. I don't, I don't, I'm not a particular, uh, strong advocate fan of legal shows. I think they're poorly done for the most part, misleading and just wrong. Um, but, um, you know, we celebrated our 29 year wedding anniversary. Uh, I can, and we went, uh, on a trip and I don't think we discussed law even once. Um, Congratulations for both parts of that. <laughs> uh, we talked about pickleball and vacations and kids. Um, we have a wedding daughter, but I think we talked about. I kind of talked about the office a little bit, just because it's Amy has an office within Cantor Injury Law, but she she's her own deal. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. We avoid that. Cool. Uh, and I think that probably is all for the better. Um, Whenever I ask Amy, she's always the harshest opinion. Like, hey, if you were on the jury, how much would you give for this person? And she's like, ah, I don't think I'd give him anything. I'm like, what? Ah, I don't like that case. Are you, are you kidding me? You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. So, I, and and it's funny that you, you led right into the next question with part of the first part of the you know the answer about you know watching like legal shows and stuff uh but it's uh it you know how does you knowing the intricacies of the legal system uh how these insurance companies act how you know sometimes clients stories and stuff all all the how does that color how you watch those shows you mentioned already that it's not one of your favorite things to watch but i'm sure it must be tough to see it the same way yeah, well, first of all, I when you read an article in the paper, even, or you watch a TV show, you're getting the very tip of the iceberg, you know. So when it says the case settled for a million dollars, there's a lot that didn't hit the paper. It is not part of that TV show. How did that negotiation happen? Which insurance companies contributed? You know. Uh, which lawyer and law firm was on the other side? Which insurance company was on the other side? What, did, what was there, you know, a, was there a, a smoky room meeting? Because those, you know, sometimes happen and it's uh, sometimes not pretty, but you have the obligation to advocate zealously for your clients. And, and sometimes it's, it's ugly. It's always ethical. I always do it ethically, but it's sometimes, you know, so those shows do not portray any portion of reality when they're about, uh, civil damages. I mean, every once in a while, yeah. dynamic scene, uh, and, uh, and it's, but it's also, uh, unreal. Yeah. So, um, and you know, for years I was building my practice and those things would stress me out. I don't want to go to the office and work on cases all day Come home and watch the legal, you know, it's just not, uh, that's why I like Canterland. I like to come home and go to my retreat center and, you know, mill wood or ride an ATV. I don't want to 
talk about the law anymore or watch a legal show. That that is fair. I I know. I feel like the the last thing I watched anything in a you know in and or around you know the industry I work in was probably Mad Men. Uh, and fairly disconnected, being uh you know a few decades past, and also uh the people. But I agree. I don't think that there's anything exciting about kind of thinking about the same things you do at work as you watch those shows. Yeah. 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 Not a good fit. Yeah. So, yeah, we. Well, you know, I I got one more question here for you, and it's actually you've mentioned it a couple of times and I've actually been there myself and it is, you know, really, really cool. Uh, you, you, you took me for a, you know, a tour around it, but like you own a retreat center called Canterland and, uh, you know, how has your sort of work on the land been impactful for, you know, either your, you personally or your business? Well, first of all, I love my neighbors at the land, but like my family now, and it's true Missouri. Uh, you know, I've got Sherry and Richie King, uh, are my caretakers and my neighbors, Richie, uh, served in Vietnam. Uh, and these are salt of the earth people that I love very dearly. So, you know, we have 50 chickens and we have goats and horses and dogs. Um, I've got heavy equipment, gas and diesel tanks. And I always joke, but not joking, you know, Richie will shoot you if you come and mess with my stuff, right? Otherwise I wouldn't have any of that because, you know, things that are unattended, unfortunately, even when there's good people in the world, there's some evil. Um, so, the, the land has affected me uh, profoundly. I, I absolutely love going there. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I love to improve the land. I'm working with the Department of Conservation on forestry. Um, you know, uh, I just met with them this week. Uh, my forestry agent, Tony Pe- Peeper uh, from Missouri Conservation. We controlled burn coming. We were supposed to do it this week, but it rained for just a minute. And so we couldn't do it. Um, and, um, you know, the state will pay you to cut the invasives, which maples are native, but they're used to fire and we haven't had fires for 50 or hundred years. And so the maples are, um, overpopulated, uh, and cedars, you know, all those things burn up with the fire, but without fire, they take control of the land. So the point is I've learned a lot about where I got a sawmill. I mill all the trees I cut now. So the state pays you and then I mill them and, um, you know, if you come to Cantor Injury Law, I made the, uh, uh, the, the walnut table in our conference room. We cut the tree down and milled it. Um, uh, Wonder from Wonderwoods actually put it together. Uh, but it's, it's the nicest conference table, uh, in my opinion, anywhere in the world. Uh, it's 100% made in Missouri, and it's in Missouri. It'll stay in Missouri forever. Um, and, you know, that's dreams to the of our law firm that our 15 foot five inch solid walnut conference table that's three and a half inches thick uh, was made completely in Missouri uh, from materials in Missouri uh, and by me and my family. So uh, you can't get any more local than that. Um, and it, it, I, I like to say that or compare it you know, that's us. And these other guys on TV are getting their, their furniture from China, probably, you know, mm-hmm. that's how removed from, from this uh, climate, but they have great, there's a lot of competitors with great advertisements out there. And by the way, again, just so I'm clear, everyone should do their homework before they hire a lawyer. They should look at reviews. 
They should ask the question of who's going to represent them. They should ask others. And so Canterland has given me that because I've got a whole community there in mid-Missouri, and I've helped a lot of them that are deserving of help. And they're always legitimate cases because the people in Missouri, for the most part, um, they have true cases, you know, particularly in the country. Mm-hmm. I've never come to me from from a, you know, a case and say they were teaching be lying or not injured that's just not the way it works in middle missouri right people want nothing to do with a lawyer but when they want a lawyer they want a good one they want someone that's local um so i i don't think they're being fooled and i'm happy to be part of that community that's cool that's really neat well um yeah i must say yeah uh canner land was fun uh, uh i uh, definitely looking forward to hopefully coming out there uh sometime again soon bring uh, your kids you're welcome. That was fun. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I by the treehouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. And uh, oh, I, I forgot to tell you the eggs were fantastic, too. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah I like the I'm working on I got all cut up now from barbed wire fencing and, you know, I'm doing all sorts of projects. And so there's always work. You come play some, come work some. And, uh, you know, there's nothing more wholesome than uh, than uh, the Ozark. Ozarkian Hills of Missouri. I mean, Canterland's a great place. Oh, definitely. I, <clears throat> I'm i a big proponent of, uh, you know, the fact that, like, we're surrounded by places that may be kind of flat and boring, you know, on the other side of Missouri. No offense to Kansas. You know, a little flat and boring. Same drive up to Chicago through Illinois. No offense to Illinois, but Missouri, I don't know. Born and raised, but at the same time, I, I still find it to be incredibly beautiful. I agree. Yeah. Come, come for another visit. Cool. We'll do. Awesome. Well, Mark, uh, I got to tell you, thank you so much. This was great. I, I appreciate all your answers. Uh, and, and and definitely thanks for being on the podcast. So yeah, thanks for being here. Thank, thanks for having me. And, and, you know, I want everyone watching to know that we're never too busy for a new case. So, you know, anyone that's watching this that needs help for a legitimate case, we're happy to help. Awesome. Well, this has been an uh, another episode of Mix and Matchbox. I'm your host, Brent Feldman. Uh, we will be back soon with more content. Please like and subscribe. Thanks.